welcome to another episode of 48 Shades of Football. I like you said good afternoon. Yeah. It's a Tuesday. We're a day behind where we normally are. So that means the podcast will probably be out sometime in the middle of next week. Yeah, because this one came out in plenty of time. <laughs> I'll have you know I got up at 5.30 to edit that podcast. Well, was it that much rubbish in it that you, you had to cut that much out that you had to get up at 5.30 and still couldn't get it done? Yeah. Or did you get up at 5.30 and just end up doing something else? <laughs> Well, by the time I'd waited, someone else. well, uh, by the time I'd waded through all my usual sites, should we say? Are they all blocked these days? Apparently not. I don't know. I don't. I don't go on them. I think the Korean the Korean authorities are not aware of the the more extreme things, so <laughs> they only block the the mainstream ones. So that's why your podcast hasn't been blocked yet, because it is exactly. a fetish. It's a niche market. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's up there along with. Uh, well, we can't see anything this, uh, this afternoon. Anyway, we did say that there's not much to talk about, so we're going to be out of here in 30 minutes. And I think if we get started on a, a discussion of Korean sites that may or may not be blocked, then we could be here all night. We're just going to end up going down the YouTube road in a minute, aren't we? But Which anyway. will get cut in the end anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, so it's a waste of time. We'll have to get up at four this week. <laughs> cool. Well, obviously, that, uh, that was very interesting intro music that, that you chose this week, Paul. W- what was the reason for that? It's another song from our, our youth, isn't it? Jamiroquai. Yep. Virtual Insanity, I believe it was. <laughs> now you forced me to use that one, not another one. <laughs> yeah, Virtual Insanity, Virtual Insanity by Jamiroquai. Um, Jamiroquai, him of the interesting hat. He was famous for his hat. Yep. And a few tricks he used to do as well. Yeah. Hat trick. Hat trick. And, and there must be a reason for that. There is, yes. For, for all of these, but it is Tuesday. The reason why the, the podcast is on a Tuesday is because we were just watching the Pohang. Well, I was just watching Pohang versus Hanoi TNT in the playoff. And for anyone who sat through all 90 minutes of it, first of all, I'm sure Pohang will issue an apology later. Uh, and secondly, yeah, Shim Dong-un got a hat-trick. Pohang, Pohang won 3-0. And Shim Dong-un got all three goals. Three crackers as well. So so the original idea for this podcast was for us to live, live pod all eight matches. But with the first one starting at 2 and the last one starting about 4am tonight. Yeah. We'll give up on that, shall we? Yeah, we'll give up on that. Um, what do you mean, we'll give up on it before we even start it? Good idea. I mean, uh, if, you, if you fail on the first one, then probably there's no point doing the remaining seven, but no one's interested in them anyway. Is Shim Long one a, a Poang regular, or is he a, a new signing, or? I can't, I can't say I've heard the name before. Uh, well, I can't say I've heard his name either. I think he may be, be one of the kids. Um, he, he plays number 11. Uh, and yeah, he, I mean, his, he, he took the ball, he took all three goals pretty well. Um, he could probably have had about four or five, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but yeah, uh, he took he took them pretty well. Uh, he used to play with John Am Dragons for t- 2012 to 2014, and then he's moved to Pohang for the last two seasons, I guess. Um, he's a regular in the under 23 team, I would say not. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know how much more we'll see of them this season, but uh, I mean, I guess with everyone that Pohang has sold, I mean, I, I guess we'll probably see them frequently. I haven't looked in, into detail, but my my impression is that Pohang have sold five or six players and yeah. not really signed anyone. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I mean, I guess that when we do, you know, the, the transfer roundup, I guess it makes sense then. But as far as I could tell, yeah, like Sue One Bluebangs and Pohang seem to have been two of the quieter teams. In the, in the window so far maybe they have something massive up their sleeve well you've got about two and a bit weeks left of the transfer window I think yep. shots at the end of February so 
So I guess maybe they'll maybe they'll go for maybe they'll try and bring in a, a big a big name like Escudero. Well, I, I assume that Escudero is going to be looking for somewhere to go with uh, Jiangsu's recent signings. Yeah, but do you think he would come back to, to Korea? Or do you think he he'll go back to Japan, Brazil, Japan, whatever one he really does come from? Argentina, Argentina. But he, he's. I think he spent most of his time in Japan, so... Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it'll be interesting, because he, you would put put money on him basically being a dead cert to have to come back. Because he's got a year left on his contract at Jiangsu, but he's never going to get a game, is he? Because with the no. signings they've made this close season. So... I mean, he does still come under their plus one, as in their Asian pair. But they've got an Australian as well. I, I think they did send an Australian, yeah. I, I think they did. So they wouldn't have signed an Australian to sit him on the bench, would they? You wouldn't have thought so, no. So I guess he's going to be looking for somewhere to go. So maybe he will come back to, to Korea, and I guess if you're looking at he's one of two teams he might come back to, right now you'd be looking at Pohang and so on. Um, yeah, so... Look, I can't be sold because they have Takahagi. I think in... Well, for most of last year, we spent a lot of time talking about how all the best players were going to China. And I think with the the money that's suddenly flowing through China over the last couple of months and the big signs they've made, I think we're going to see a reverse of that. But, well, I mean, I think we've already seen it with, with uh, Dehan. I mean, obviously Dehan came back. Dehan left Beijing, came back. We think Escudero is dead in the water. Yeah, he's, I think he'll be back. Hade Song left Beijing, went to FC Tokyo. He did, yes. Seoul have signed another guy... This, this guy they signed this week, he was just in China last year. I forget his name, Chong In Huan or uh, I'm unsure. I'm unsure. But the guy they it was in uh, Seoul's Facebook. On yeah, the, the guy who who is a defender of the Jews. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was amazing. Like if anyone's wondering, that is not an anti-Semitic slur or anything. It's just that on his on the FC Seoul Facebook page, when you clicked on the online translator, which I think it's called Bing or Bling. I can't remember which one it Bing. is. Bing. It actually came up, and for some reason, it came up and said that this guy was, in actual fact, the defender of the Jews. <laughs> so, if you so have just signed the Korean version of Oscar Schindler, I guess. Um, so, well, I guess we'll we'll go to see if he's that what he that what he brings to the team. But I guess he probably won't make the national team. So, I mean, ex ex host of the podcast at the Ginger Hobbit sent up sent a sent us a question. Okay, should we answer that question after we actually go through the game that, that I spent 90 minutes watching so I could talk about it? I thought because it was China-related. Okay. We should deal with it now and then we'll get back to the Pohang game. Okay. So his question was, who's the best player playing in Korea at the moment mm-hmm. and why isn't he in China? Uh, and the answer is because he's just come back. Because it's Dayan. Because <laughs> it's Dayan, yeah, probably. Uh, I think if you look at it, uh, definitely the best foreigner is easy. It's either Dayan, well, we don't know, so... Probably you're going to see Osmar. Um, it's probably like the best foreign player, I think. Um, Overall? Yeah. I but we don't know about Dehan because he's just come back, yeah? If you take the Dehan of three years ago. Well, of course it, was, it would be Dehan of three years ago. But and then Adriano, he had a year in China, didn't go so well. Yeah. So, and Osmar came obviously to Korea via Thailand. Yeah. There was rumours of him going. The talk was that he was going to go to China, but that didn't happen. And you have to look at it and say, Again, with the money that's being spent, uh, Chinese clubs are not probably not going to take Osmar when they can go out and spend thirty-two million on a on a Brazilian on defender, Daniel Alves, or <laughs> or someone like that. Yeah. yeah. So you might look at it and say that probably 
yeah, as you said, I think you're about to see now that less players are going to go to China because it looks as if China are looking more for, you know, like the the, the stars. And if they're going to have a Korean in their team, it's going to be Ki Sung Yong or Sun Young Min. That's how they're looking I, at it. I mean, I guess we could still see the kind of transfers like Edu going to the second division, that kind of. Yeah. Or um, the guys that went to uh, what was it, Kim Sung Day and. Uh, Yun Bikram going to Yemen. Yeah, you yeah, may still see things like that, yeah. But we, we won't see... But once those teams get into the, the kind of Super League, they're, go they're going to offload those players. You, I, guess, you I guess it'd be like, yeah, it'd be like your sort of West Ham's or uh, Swansea signing mid-level Europeans and then trying to build on them. Yeah. But they, something I did find interesting was uh, someone retweeted a, a Jiangsu Saint, is that Eskadel's team? Yeah, that's their old name. They're called so Jiangsu Suning now. Okay. Uh, as, as someone like retweeted one of their fans who was saying that he felt really bad for Escudero and another, I can't remember the other foreigner's name, uh, because they, they had got them into the Super League. They, they were the, the players who had basically like won them you know, the spot in the Super League, and now obviously they're being completely replaced because there's no way that you're going to choose Escudero over Ramirez, was it? Uh, Martinez, Alex, Alex Martinez, and Alex Texier or something like that. Yeah, so like, there's no way that you're going to choose Escudero over one of them. Yeah. The, the interesting thing for me is that obviously Jiangsu is the team that Cheongsu was almost went to in the summer, right? Yeah. Do you, if he if he'd have gone there in the summer, what do you think he'd still be there now? No. You think he'd have? I think that's the thing as well. I think that's what else you're going to see soon as well. Like if you have a look at the coaches that are there, you know that like, you have Scolari, uh, Ericsson and the guy who did take over from... Dan Petrescu. Dan Petrescu, who, yeah, who, I mean, had done reasonably well at Urania, uh, who, who was a, 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 Romanian, a Romanian team. Um, so maybe not the biggest name, but still a bigger name than Che Yongsu. Uh, che Yongsu, sorry. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think if Che had went, he'd, he'd have been back. And you, you, you can't really imagine Che uh, managing Ramirez. Can you really? <laughs> You can't imagine that he'd have been able. To, well, you can't imagine that Ramirez would have gone there with Che as manager, right? Sure. Well, I mean, he, I don't know why he went there with Petrescu as manager. Does he know him from the days of him battling down the left wing, and in the remaining team? I don't know. But I mean, he's still. You know, I mean, he's not a huge name, but you just can't imagine Che with his little meek stance being like, "Okay, Ramirez, I'm going to take you off right now." <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean I'm forty-two million. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, but I think. To answer Steve's question, who's the best player in Korea? If we were to take a, well, the best player in the K League, I guess there's probably about f off the top of my head, I can think of maybe about five players. Um, I think Yom, Yom Ki Hyun is still pretty up there. Kimbo Kyung's come back in the uh, John Book. Uh, you can't deny the Wookiee, even though I try to. Um, the, the Gookie. Uh, and the Gookie. Yeah, the Gookie and the Gookie. Uh, well, I, you've got to imagine now that, that Edon Gook's days are finished at John Book. I know he's signed a new two year contract, but you've still got to imagine he's not going to play very much more, I mean, with what they've got there. Uh, so, for me, who's the best player in the K League? Uh, Kim Chinook, maybe, I guess. That's controversial. It's really controversial, yeah. But it's. Steve's what about question. some of the, uh, the, young, the young players that we've seen, that you're Kwon Chang Huns and you're I mean, Kwon, yeah, like, but are they good enough to say they're the best player right now? I don't know. I mean, you have to look at someone who has established. Uh, I reckon Wang Yee Joe's a better sticker than, than uh, Kim Chinook, but in terms of name, in terms of the, the, the biggest name, 
it's probably Kim Chinook or Kim Bo Kyung. Why are they not in China? Because Kim Bo Kyung was playing for the second division Japanese team <laughs> last year. That's why. Uh, Kim Chinook, because he's never really got that move, has he? He's never really got the move he's been craving for his... From as long as I've been following Kelly, I don't know whether he's ever had opportunities in China, but he's he's always sort of I've got the impression he's always been looking for something in Europe, right? And if it wasn't yeah. Europe, then he wasn't interested. Yeah, yes, a feeling that you got. I mean, he allegedly not back Celtic, you know, like a few years ago. Uh, I think he was looking more for, for something in Germany. Uh, but yeah, so I think maybe he he's 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 not in China because yeah, maybe he wasn't interested in moving to China. And other. That's because he's so tall, his head would be right up in the smog, right? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, other players, the other good players, yeah, Yom Ki Hyun, uh, Kwon Chang Hyun, uh, Wang Yi Jo, as we said, but I think Kwon and Wee Jo are, are, are a bit young. They'll get them moved to China or somewhere soon. So I think the answer to the question is because nobody wanted the bookie, and that's why. So you mentioned Kwon and... Uh, and who did you mention? Kwon and Kwon and Wang Yijo. Uh, Wang Yijo, right? Yeah. So obviously they were two of the, the three or four nominees for best young player last year. Yeah. Uh, Miroslav Astos. What what sort of young players do we think will make an impact on the league this year? Mm -hmm. I think obviously we should probably exclude those because they're two obvious yeah. choices, right? Yeah, the two obvious choices, which leaves us with probably no one. Yeah, but um, I, th I think for me, uh, having having watched. Korea in the under 23s. Uh, yeah, I've got to say Moon Moon Chang Jin has got to be potentially a great player this season. Um, for the uninformed listener, can you tell us what position and which team he plays with? Yes, he plays for Pohang, uh, and he plays uh, like kind of attacking midfielder. Okay. Uh, he scored a couple of goals in the under 23s. Yeah. Um, I think he scored a goal against Jordan, and I think he scored he, he scored the, an R Cup as well. Um, I think in that tournament, Kwan scored five goals. I think, as, as we said last week, and I think Moon scored four. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, probably he's 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 going to be what he watched. Which seems as if Pohan can can bring these young boys through, because you know they, they obviously they had uh, Kumu Yao who moved recently to Jombuk as well. Yeah. Uh, who won Young Player of the Year a couple of years ago. Uh, so it seems as if Pohan are kind of reasonably good at, at developing young players. So he's he's probably the one I would say would be the best. Anyone else catch your eye? Uh, but I mean, I think for me, what will be interesting, I know we both said that we, wouldn't, we would kind of rule him out, but I think it'll be interesting to see how Wang Yee Joe does this season. Because last season, no one was really, everyone just thought he was a bit of a flash in the pan. Mm. And I don't think anyone maybe really viewed him as being worthy of marking, or worthy of, you know, like marking tightly. But now everyone knows about him. And I, I was actually having this conversation with Dan Harris, and that's what Dan was saying as well. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, like now that everyone knows Wang Yijo, uh, is he going to be like three men on him? I mean, is he going to be like crowded out in the box, and is he going to be even remotely as successful? So I think I want to see him again this year because I think this is the time to see if he actually is as good as we think he is, mm -hmm. or if last season was just because it was like a, a bit of a kind of fluke season. So I'm going to say Wang Yijo is an opportunity to watch this season as well. I think the interesting thing for me is that obviously. Apart from Chowdhury on and off, Seoul haven't had any regulars in the international team recently, have yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got two guys in the under twenty threes. They got the left back and one of the centre backs, and the centre back scored a couple of goals in the tournament they were playing just before Christmas. So it'll be interesting to see if they can kick on mm -hmm. and 
Obviously, Seoul have done a lot of strengthening up front and in the midfield and not so much in defence. So it'll be interesting to see with uh, their main central defender going off to the army and Chowdhury retiring, how mm -hmm. these young kids are going to yeah. sort it out. And there's also uh, there's um, a young boy, I can't remember his name, but there's a young boy, Fred Um I remember last year he was pretty good, but I can't actually remember his name and he's probably never in the army anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, th there was one guy that I remember watching a couple of times and thinking he was, he was pretty decent. Um, but can't quite remember his name for the life of me, but anyway. While you're looking it up. Thank you. Because uh, <laughs> um, I'll remember it off of all of these ones up here, yeah. Um, I think the other thing to note about Miroslav's question is that nowadays a lot of the really, really good young players are already being snapped up abroad before they even get a chance yeah. to play in the kick. So you've got the, you've got a couple of guys in Germany from the under-23 team. You've got a couple of guys at Barcelona from the under-17 team, is it? Yeah. And, I mean... We're never going to see these guys playing in Korea, probably. No, never. So, I think there is a lot of talent out there, but not necessarily playing in Korea. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that you have, you know, like um, Ru, Ru Sungu, who a lot of people were like looking forward to seeing at the tournament. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, as you said, he's he's um, he's a uh, uh, what do you call it? He's a he's a played in Germany. You know what I mean? So we're never going to see him play. Yeah, uh, the, the chance of him ever coming back to Korea is zero. Do you know what I mean? I think the boy I was talking about, uh, I just I did just find him was uh, Jin Sungook. I'm trying to think. He was the guy. I think that's the boy that that that, that I saw last year. Uh, I'm thinking he was relatively. He looks like he he had, he had something about him. Yeah, the other thing, I okay, guess, so is like in the case of players like Key or or uh, Lee Chung Young or or Pak Jiong, who went abroad, they played in the K-League for a couple of years, mm -hmm. so it was easy to get them to come back and play friendlies. Yeah. For example, when uh, Leverkusen came a couple of years ago with Son Min and played a friendly with Seoul, it's because there was a historical tie there, right? But these guys who've gone over the age of 16, they don't even have a... No, they're not if, Korean. If, if, even if they came back, where would they want to arrange a friendly with? But I, I no think... Kind of yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. Like, I think they more so like those two uh, uh, Barcelona boys as well. It's like they literally played their football at what schoolboy level, and then straight over to Spain. I mean, did they? Yeah, did they even want to come and create play? Sure, What's the point? I mean, surely they'll be they'll be a bit like uh, was it Manuel Almunia, right? The the Arsenal goalie who was Spanish but lived in England for so long. It clearly not. Yeah, they were saying, oh, should we call him up for the English, t English team because he's oh, yeah. eligible for a living? Wasn't that, uh, what was that called? Is it like naturalised or something? Yeah. Uh, I remember, if I remember right, uh, oh, and this is when I really wish that Stevie was still here, um, <laughs> there was a Rangers player, I think it was Lorenzo Amoruso, I think it was Amoruso, who had lived in Scotland long enough, uh, and he had no chance of ever getting into the Italian national team, yeah. and he, he, he applied, or he wanted to apply to be, to be like a naturalised Scot, and there was a huge uproar, like, no, we, we can't have this. Like, it's bad enough taking Andy Gorham, who was born in England. You know, I mean, Don, Don Hutchinson, Chris Commons, you know, like guys with like, English accents. You know what I mean? But who's when you start taking an Italian... Who's that striker there that's uh, from the Caribbean somewhere? Uh, Jason... Scotland. Oh, no, no, that, that's, he, he actually is from the Caribbean. He, uh, oh, we, oh, he you know kept you. talking about, right? Yeah, he kept you. Yeah. Yeah. But this, we also have uh, Islam Farouz, uh, who is Somalian, I think, 
but kind of his family came over here and he went through school and stuff like here, so he qualifies as a as a naturalised Scot. Uh, and yeah, there's like Kitchianya, Kitchianya, uh, who again they grew up and and spent most of his formative years in in in, in Scotland. And we all know what an impact those formative years in Scotland can have on you. Um, the other thing I, w- I want to say as well is one other young boy who I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on, and which is a shame because he is quite young, is Kim Dong-jun, uh, who was with Yonsei University, but has now been signed by, by Songnam. And if Kim Yong-dae does not join Songnam, which it looks like he's definitely 100% not going to, because I think he joined Ulsan. Yeah, signed <laughs> for Ulsan last, last yeah. week. So that would mean that that kid, 21, is going to be Songnam's number one goalkeeper. That's a, that's a lot of... I mean, that's a lot of pressure, but if you're competing to the kind of try and get in the top six, making it, you know, like, get the ACL spot, yeah, and your goalkeeper's a 21-year-old, it's kind of... That's not not great, yeah? Um, which probably explains why Songnam are signing so many older people, so that there's a bit of experience in front of, like, the 20-year-old. So I think an answer to Miroslav's question, uh, what was the question? Moon <laughs> uh, Changjin. Moon Changjin. Yeah, and if I can remember, I will tweet who the, the young Incheon boy is, because I don't know if it is. You think it's not, it's not the guy that you I think it probably is. I th- I, I'm sure I saw him last year. But yeah, Moon Changjin, for me, is probably the, the, the best one to look for. Okay. Right. What do you think, Paul? Uh, I agree with you. You agree with me. But there was also that boy for Seoul who scored four goals against Suwon. Yunjute. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how how, how old he is. He's probably uh, like, he's, he's no, he's mid twenties, I think. Cause yeah. He spent a few years in Germany. Didn't work out, and he came back. So maybe maybe he could kick on this season like with Dehan and Park Young and Adriano. Uh, I think he's, he's any still going to be the uh, the Solskjaer of FC Seoul and just come off the bench. But I mean. Soul. I think we did do how you called him the Soul Skyer because the team was actually called If You Soul. That was actually brilliant and obvious that we had no alcohol. So, yeah. Well, I've had none. I don't know about you. But when you were, it should be, be said, by the way, guys, that if we could do a video podcast, this would be the day that we would do it. Because Paul has just been in, had a TV interview uh, and he's all made up. And uh, he, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling not to jump across the table. <laughs> I've got my hair like yours, right? With a kind of spiky. <laughs> I don't know what you've got it like, but uh, yeah, because now, now you've mentioned that you actually can't see your uh, wrinkles anymore. So well, <laughs> so so good job, boys. Well done. Right. Um, yeah, just just to get back to you, and I think Seoul have obviously strengthened their attacking their attack by getting in Dayan. So I'm, I wonder if you'll have less opportunities. Mm. You think maybe you'll go somewhere? Like maybe go out one of our teams, maybe like a John Am or Incheon or someone. I don't think this year. I, I'm more worried about, well, not worried, but I, I wonder if Unilock might go somewhere. Mm. Because he was kind of sidelined at the end. Well, last season he hasn't played particularly well either. I mean, he was the one everyone was looking at, yeah? I mean, if he'd, if he'd asked this question last year, like, you know, Rock would probably have been the first person they, to jump on and say, yeah, him. But he, he had a pretty horrendous season. He didn't really do anything that I can remember at all, no. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I mean, he played a couple of games, but not much. Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe it's time for him to go. And obviously, I think we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that um, with Puang mainly shipping a bunch of their better players out, some of their young guns are going to have to step up. 
Did anyone, apart from Moon, take your eye in the match today? Um, Is, do you think Poang going to make a decent challenge for the K-League, or based on the 90 minutes you've seen today? I mean, it was difficult to really judge it. I mean, a couple of reasons why. Like, if, if, First of all, um, the, the pitch looked pretty terrible anyway as well. I mean, it looked like pretty barren. Um, they didn't really impress at all, to be honest, no. And strange enough, like Moon, Moon Chan Jin didn't look very good at all. He was, he was taking off for about 10 minutes left. He must be quite knackered anyway. Yeah, yeah. But the guy who did score scored a hat-trick, as we, had, as we heard the, the intro music. Um, I mean, if he, I guess, the idea now, I guess, looking at that team, is he's going to be like their main, like their, their main, their main goal threat. The, what I did find interesting was that uh, he played uh, Lazo, Lazla, yeah, Lazar, uh, who I think didn't he have him last year and he was howling last year. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't score at all last year. Yeah, um, he only played the first half, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, so I'll be interested to see because I think the the new manager had basically said. Uh, that he was he he wanted to use him he wanted to give him one more chance but one more chance on the wing not one more chance as a as a, as a main striker so you've got to say that if he's going to be out on the wing then it probably does mean that go, where the where goal is going to come from um, interesting that they had a guy called Hoju in their team I thought that was quite interesting uh, and coming on is number 20 Australia um, obviously a different spelling of Hoju but you know what I mean uh, so yeah, I don't really know. Having having lost uh, like their main striker last year, I don't know who they're going to be looking at. To, to be honest, they, they kind of get the goals this year. Um, I'm still pretty sure that they're going to bring in uh, a, another couple of foreigners. Uh, right now, they only have the one in their team. I'm pretty sure you'll see a couple of Brazilians arrive in the next couple of days. Um, but with the group that they've got, like Sydney FC. Guangzhou Evergrande and Urawa Reds um, you're looking at Pohang not getting out of that group uh, It's interesting that you mentioned that because obviously uh, sort of renowned Asian football writer John Durden wrote an article this week saying that uh, we should make more places available in the groups to some of the, the teams like mm. Hanoi and the Malaysian the, the Thai teams who mm. have to come through the playoffs so based on watching Hanoi today, and um, you think that's there's, there's a call call for that or not? No. You think that <laughs> that's that's the I mean there's about as much a call for that as putting the second place team in Scotland straight into the Champions League group stage. <laughs> it's like uh, watching Hanoi. If you fast forward, you know, like to those the uh, six games where everyone's season's up and running, like people are back, you know, that kind of used to playing stuff, Pohang would put seven past them. Uh, your Rabba Reds, I mean, let's just say they got in instead of Pohang, yeah? Grand you Evergrande, you'd, that would be an embarrassment, you'd think. Your, your Rabba Reds would probably scud them pretty easily. I don't know much about Sydney, but you could imagine that, that they would beat them easily as well. So, no, I don't think... I don't really see... Then where, what they would create like one more group. I mean, I don't really see how it, how it could happen. The thrust, of, the thrust of his article seemed to be that, firstly, that the fans in Malaysia and Thailand are really passionate and yes, fervent, yeah, and they deserve to get more than just one playoff game a year. 
which I mean I do see that and I do understand that but you can't just base it, things he had a bit of a dig at Korea didn't he for, yeah which I, mean, I think was borne out today by the 2000 or so that went to watch Puang versus Hanoi yeah but well, that's the thing. I mean, and, and there was no atmosphere at the game. It was, I mean, watching it on, on on TV, it sounded pretty, pretty, pretty poor, pretty poor atmosphere. But it, I mean, again, there was nothing much on the pitch to actually drive the atmosphere on either. You know what I mean? And um, the the other the other argument he had was that it's the one we always discuss about sort of UEFA or World Cup qualifying. If you put the Diddy Diddy the Diddy teams in, will they sort of by getting whipped by Germany ten 0 by getting Temper passing by Guangzhou, will that make them improve so that eventually they'll be able to compete or not? I mean, there, there might be a call for the tie, uh, you know, like, I mean, the tie team may be included because obviously the Buriram have actually done pretty well in the in the uh, ACL and, uh, you know, they're obviously through again this season. So there, there could be maybe like a, you know, a call for that, but when you start looking at, you know, the teams that we watched, you know, like Mugadong and, you know, like Tampin Rovers and stuff, uh, I would say no. Well, I, I think uh, we kind of touched on this last week when we reviewed the Tampin Rovers versus Mohan Bagan game and we said that Mohan Bagan, the Indian team, actually looked quite good Yeah. based on that four-minute YouTube video and then we're speculating how they do against Shandong. In, Shandong, and know, it was 6-0. 6-0, it was 6-0. Yeah. So, and now Shandong are going to go over to play uh, Adelaide, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and again, you look at that and saying, I, I mean, I, I don't really see, I, I mean, I get his point, you know, that if you that you have these like, huge, the passionate fans and, and so on, and maybe they should get, you know, like a place in that, you know, like in an ACL group stage, but at whose expense? There's another thing as well. At the expense of a Korean team, at the expense of a Japanese team, Chinese team, Australian team. Well, you should take it back to just the champions of each country and be done with it. Like a true oh, well, yeah, but I mean, that's, I mean, that money talks, and that, that's never going to happen. So at the moment, we've got uh, 16 teams from East Asia, 16 from West Asia. So the, the choice would be to make another couple of groups in each area, mm -hmm. or make each team into a five-team group, uh, each group into a five-team group. So you could add in another eight teams that way. Extra, extra two matches. Yeah, you could, but I think it's already long enough. As it is. I think if you added in an hour to, so have have absolutely no playoffs at all and just go straight into the groups. Yeah, so I guess opening game would have been this week for everybody. Yeah, I mean, you could do. And then put one more week in somewhere else. I mean, you could. I mean, you could do that, but there, there's quite a long break between the group stage, which finishes beginning of May, and the. The, the last the 16, which finish, which starts sometime September, is it? Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, I think there is a bit of a gap. I mean, maybe you could do that, yeah, but I just don't know for what what it would achieve. I think you would just see a lot of six 0 seven 0 victories, and I'm not sure that then does improve that team. I don't really know if it does or not. I mean, in last week's podcast, we we talked about we sort of previewed last week's preliminary round two of the ACL and we thought that the way it's I think Durden mentions as well it's very he heavily weighted to the home team oh yeah so incredibly heavily the, yeah. weak, the weaker the team from the weaker league goes away on a one-off match uh, it's fine you know the odds are stacked against them so we predicted four home wins um, and did it work out that way? Uh, well four home teams qualified did we get four home wins? no 
Uh, that was the interesting thing as well, and that was something that I was thinking uh, as I was watching the results coming in last week. Was if you look at, for example, Chonburi played Yangon United, uh, and Yangon I think twice took the lead against uh, Chonburi uh, and finished two each uh, after 90 minutes. Now, at that point in time, the, you know, if you're going, if there was away goals, for example, then that would be a shock and Yangon would be through. Yeah. But instead, the away goals don't count. You know, I mean, it just counts as a you know as a one-off game, yeah. even though you have completely different you know like advantage because obviously the home team has got a huge advantage. Yeah. So it really is really heavily weighted against uh, the kind of smaller nations. So I, I take his point there a hundred percent. I would agree with him there. It is really heavily weighted. It's really it would take a miracle for Yangon United to make the uh, group stage. And they almost got it. They make the group stage though. Ah, uh, yeah, because the death of that, they have to go to FC Tokyo, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, it, yeah, it, it's very, very tough for, for one of the smaller so teams. Obviously, to make it. Mohun Bagan got thrashed by Shandong, and Yang'an almost, almost made it through against Chonburi. Uh, Hanoi beat their opposition from Hong Kong 1 0, mm-hmm. so that's probably closer than it should have been. Yeah. And then Wang Tong United, the other Thai team, played against the Malaysian representative. Yeah. How did that one go? Uh, it went to penalties and the Muang Thong United won 3 0. Uh, their keeper saved all three penalties that were taken out. It up. was amazing to watch. Uh, whether they were great penalties or whether they were great goalkeeping or whether it was a combination of bad penalty, good goalkeeper, I don't know. Uh, but definitely, yeah, he saved all, all, all three penalties. Um, so that knocked Johor Darul Tazim, uh, who, who sounds like the new guy that Celtic signed. Sounds like a character from Star Trek or something. Like yeah. That. Um, so he was knocked. So he was knocked out. So they were knocked out. But yeah, the the Muag thong that the Thai goalkeeper was brilliant. Talking about your new guy for Celtic, I noticed he scored at the weekend against the mighty. Isco Bride. Isco Bride. Yeah. Yep. Don't want to talk about football involving Celtic. <laughs> Let's move on quickly. As soon as we lost to. Uh, ex-podcast arse Stevie's team throwing the league wide open again uh, yeah well not quite not quite but we, I really want Ronnie Delia sacked in fact I'm going to change the name of the podcast from now on until the end of the season season from 40 issues of football to I can't swear I promise I wouldn't swear can we sack Ronnie Delia so last week it was four home teams through yes this week we expect those four teams to go out. I don't know if all four will get knocked out, to be honest. I, I think they'll, the team with the biggest chance is probably Shandong. Shandong. Um, they're up against Adelaide, who are kind of a few games, or quite a few games in, in, in their season. Must be about 15 games in now, right? Yeah, and I did hear it's absolutely boiling as well. Uh, like someone tweeted saying that all the advantage is definitely in the Adelaide camp. But Shandong are... Probably actually a slightly better team in terms of the quality of player, but yeah, so that could be the toughest one. Adelaide versus Shandong could be toughest. Maybe we could see an upset in that one. Uh, Pohang obviously are through against Hanoi TNT, which we know that was three now. Uh, Shanghai SIPG against Muang Thong United, um, unless it goes to penalties, and the, and the Muang keeper makes three saves again. I'm going to say that Shanghai will cruise that one. Uh, I think Shanghai are just a bit too strong for them. 
And the final one is FC Tokyo versus Chonburi. So the Tokyo game and the Adelaide game have both kicked off. Uh, and there's no goal in either of them. So that's a great update for you there. The only thing I would say about Tokyo is that they, they've got five new signings in the first 11 today. Who's that? Tokyo? Yeah. So they may be a bit disjointed. Yeah. I mean, Chonburi struggled against Yangon. Yangon. Uh, so got to imagine that FC Tokyo will, will have too much for them. Yeah, I reckon FC Tokyo will get through that. Okay. Uh, just as we speak, there's been a, a goal line clearance from Shandong. Uh, Adelaide almost scoring. Uh, I think you're just going to there. That's the only one I think that is a tough one. But for me, three home wins: Pohang, uh, FC Tokyo, and Shanghai. Another one, don't know. Okay, but still, no reason to include all these teams in the the group stage from the off. So one more thing. No reason to include all these teams in the group stage from the off. Uh, I don't think so. Not yet. Not yet. I don't think so. I don't see what we would gain from having Kitchi, for example, uh, playing. Plus they they do have their own tournament, right? The AFC Cup. Yeah. For the minor, not I don't want to be disparaging, but the the minor, yeah, the minor leagues. No, the smaller no missions, right? Yeah. Of which I believe Joe Hoard, Darul Tazim were last year's winners. So that's another thing you're saying, like, like in the way that in the Asian Cup, the winner of the Asian Trophy gets a direct line in, right? Yeah. Like, like India did time before last, <coughs> and who was it this year? Uh, was it North Korea that they got in by winning the AFC Cup rather than? But anyway, so he was saying that if the winner of the this cup should get a direct entry into the group stages of the. I just think maybe, but. Again, as I keep saying, at the expense of who? Who has to drop out? You you now see only Celtic. three Korean teams. Yeah, Celtic drop out. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. But that's it. So they, so they, you're you're looking at the biggest nations. Unfortunately, it's the same as as the Champions League in, in Europe. The biggest nations get the most teams. Um, that's because that that's just the way it is. Do you know what I mean? Um, okay, it should be interesting as well. We've just had a had a text. Uh, from Stevie, who's obviously got nothing better to do this time, um, than text me, um, and he's basically asking who is who is the diddiest Brazilian uh, ever to be signed, or who's the diddiest Brazilian currently uh, in a team? And is he asking who's not long in the shower? Yes, and uh, he's he's uh, he's he's hinting it's the Su One Samsung Blue Wings. I go whatever his name is. He got yeah, uh, yeah. Someone who has never scored a goal in his professional career has got to be the diddiest uh, Brazilian sign so far. Uh, yeah, the, the, I, don't th- I don't think that there's any competition there. Um, <laughs> I think we can just call that the He Got Award because I, I cannot or High God, whatever his name is, uh, I cannot see that guy doing anything for for pursue one. That's a, a crazy signing. So, Steve, the answer to your question is your own answer. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to start calling it the Darwin Award from now on it'll be called the Higor Award for Diddy for Diddy signing right I think that's pretty much all to talk about this week the only thing I would say is that uh, last year the K-League did away with the Reserve League didn't they yes and they've brought it back they've now they've brought yeah. it back but not every team's entered just to go through the format really quickly uh, they've split the reserve group the reserve teams into two groups 
So the first group, which is basically the teams in the north, being Seoul, Suwon, Songnam, Incheon, Eland, Puchon, Koyang, and Ansan, will play each other home and away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the teams in Group B, which is the southernish teams, being Jeonbuk, Ulsan, Pusan, Taejeon, Taegu, and Chungju, will play each other three times. Okay. So I get. So I guess so they've got roughly the same amount of games in yeah. total. So. Do you think the reserve league is important? The, the teams that don't have a reserve team, like Pohang, are they going to regret it? I think so, yeah. I think the reserve league is a good way of like nursing players back from injury, uh, a good way of like developing some of the younger players, uh, and also yeah, allowing them to come through the system, being coached in the same tactical format, you know, as uh, as maybe like the main team does as well. So yeah, I think I think it's a good thing. It's definitely been something that was bad that's been badly missed in, in, in Scotland uh, Scotland dropped the reserve league because Celtic were close to winning 10 in a row and so they shelved it at the request of Rangers who couldn't afford to put a team in um, but uh, yeah and I think you can definitely see like a big difference in, in the development of some of the players because now you're, you're either you know like put straight into a team too early or you're just left in the heap and, and not, you know and you don't get a chance yeah, actually showcase your talent. So I think it's important, yeah. Okay. I guess the the, uh, the reserved league is where, if we went along to some of the reserved games, I don't know if, it's, if they're open to the public or not, but if we went along to some of these games, we might see some of the, the, the young players that yeah. Marius lost some interest in. Yeah, definitely. Do you think you only asked that question so we so we get some inside information on? I think so. So we'll see to do one and one point five to yeah. Um, interestingly, uh, you did say that Songnam will play Eland. Uh, I'm interested to actually maybe go to that game. So I might actually take in the reserve league. Also, just quickly, because I think we are about to wrap up. Uh, it's one 0 The shock is on. Shandong have just scored. Okay. Right, eighteen minutes in in, in, in the game, uh, they go ahead through Yang Zhu, but that's probably not his name. His name's probably something else. I can never pronounce Chinese names. I apologise. Yang Zhu. Yang Zhu. Uh, so apparently, yep, it's one 0 Shandong after eighteen minutes. So uh, it could look as if um, the, we might see a shock and we might see Adelaide. No, and of course Shandong would be the team that goes into FC Seoul's group. Yes. Do, do you not fancy getting this up on screen and you can comment, commentate on it live uh, and we'll broadcast that? Uh, I'm not, I don't know. I'm going to pass on commentating on it live. I'll, I'll just read the live tweets <laughs> and then that way I just read the text yeah. as opposed to trying and commentate on it. Yeah. It should also be noticed as well that podcast listener Ryan Steele uh, has said that Shandong are looking atrocious at the back. So their usual shaky selves. So he, he reckons that Adelaide will probably still scrap this one but as we predicted or I think as I predicted this was a dodgy close one yeah who would you rather have in your group Paul as a big if you're so fine would you rather have Adelaide or would you rather have Shandong uh, I think it comes down to two questions if I was going go to go yeah that was two questions would you rather have Shandong or would you rather oh, no, that was one question if, if I was going to go for the away trip I'd rather <laughs> go to Adelaide than Shandong ah, that's interesting okay because I'd rather go to Shandong. Not that I think I will, but that's why I'd rather go. But from a footballing point of view, the away trip to Adelaide is going to be, I don't know, 12, 15 hours of travel. Yeah. And it's going to have a massive impact on their yeah. their, their league campaign, you're, I guess. Yeah, so. you're going to lose that game, basically. You're going to go all the way out there, probably for a nothing he's draw, because that's what Che will do, yeah? Yeah. He'll just play a draw like he does every time he goes to Australia. So, yeah. So, yeah, for me, I think for the best chance of soul, 
I mean, like Silver's group's not that difficult anyway, to be honest, but I think Shandong... Mm, actually, you, you would probably rather play Adelaide as well, yeah. For, for my football quality, I mean, you know, if... I mean, if Shandong do have a couple of big-name players, which we had a look at and they, and, and they don't, but, yeah, I mean... Not yet, anyway. Not, not yet. <laughs> maybe, but maybe they get into the group stage, they'll splash the cash. Yeah, that's the problem, yeah, and they go spend, like... Torres is going to end up somewhere, right? Yeah. So, I yeah, maybe maybe uh, Adelaide would, would be the better team. Uh, actually, Wesley Schneider knocked back a move to China. It was all, it was all agreed and in place, and he knocked it back because he says he wants to stay in and focus on, on, on Galatasaray. There you go. So money doesn't always buy. Right, our 30-minute podcast is now 45 minutes. We talk for a whole half of football. Just time to wrap it up with some music. Uh, yeah, so I guess we're going to. Uh, I guess B- Miroslav's question is, is going to be the inspiration behind the outro. Miroslav asked, uh, "Who were the young players that we should look for or, or look at? <laughs> look at? Look for?" Uh, but uh, so we named a couple. So yeah, so I guess they're the young guns of the of the K League. Let's see whether Hwangi Joel's going to make an impact this year, or he's going to go down in a blaze of glory. Uh, yep. If only there was some music like that. If only there was something about young guns, blaze of glory. Can't think of anything at all that's like that. Let's ask regular podcast listener at John Bon Jovi. <laughs> at John Bon Jovi. <laughs>